You're listening to The Passion Design Project. On this podcast, you'll hear interviews with people who are impacting the world in big and small ways with a focus on nutrition and fitness, unique business strategies, and global outreach. The guests on this podcast will provide you with creative ideas on how to feel your best, utilize your gifts and talents, and ultimately live the life you're meant to live to create a lasting impact on the world. Now let's get started on creating a life you're passionate about. Hi, and welcome to the Passion Design Project. I'm your host, Haley Badenhop, and today I'm talking with Eric of F.Studios, f.studios.com. And I ran across Eric's stuff actually on Instagram. You know when a friend tells you about something and then you look on their profile and all of a sudden you're finding cool people and cool things down the rabbit hole. So I had seen that Eric was putting on an illustration workshop on skateboards and lettering in New York City. And I thought it was so cool because in my past, I've been super interested in the skate, surf, snow industry. And that's kind of why I moved out to a ski town in the first place. And so I wanted to talk to him because he used to work in New York City, but now he's living in Buenos Aires and he's designing for this company called WeWork, which is co-working spaces all around the world. And they have an art agency as part of that who he designs for. And so Eric does murals, he does illustrations, he's worked with tons of companies, and he does does really cool stuff. And so it was so fun to talk to him and hear his perspective on the art world around the world. So I know you guys will love this. And if you love it enough, go take his workshop in Brooklyn, which is happening in July 2018. So hopefully you're catching this episode before then. All right. Hey, welcome to the Fashion Design Project. I'm here with Eric from F. Dot is what he goes by, right? F. Dot? That's right. All right, cool. Uh, thanks for being here with me. He's coming to us from South America. So um, talk about living and working in South America. Sure, yeah. So I've been living down here in Buenos Aires, Argentina, for about nine months. And I'm on kind of a temporary contract with a company called WeWork. And it's been really awesome so far. It's been a big adjustment for sure. Like I didn't come down here being fluent in Spanish. So that's been probably the hardest challenge. But I've gotten to know a lot of the really amazing cultures down here and create art and design projects in a lot of different countries. So it's kind of a dream situation for me. And the fact that it's temporary makes me feel good too, because I don't know if I want to live down here forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm loving it. Like, what else can I tell you about? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you were in New York City beforehand, right? Did you grow up there? Yeah, I'm from a small town just north of New York City called Irvington. And uh, I lived there for about five years after college. I I studied in Philadelphia at a a place called Drexel. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to New York, lived there for five years. And now I live here. Nice. Did you like New York City? Yeah. I mean, I always grew up going to New York City on the weekends as a kid. And I've always been into skateboarding. And that was kind of my dream to, to live there. So when I finally finished college and moved there, it was like amazing. I I love the energy of it. There's so much diversity and there's always something going on in the art and design scene. Um, Very similar to here, actually. Buenos Aires is a lot like New York in that way. There's always something to do. Okay, nice. So I said we were going to talk about long-distance relationships because my boyfriend actually lives in New York. So I'm there all the time. Um, Okay. And I live in Wyoming. So we're constantly going back and forth. It's been like six years now. (laughs) Like so back and forth. Wow. But for me, like... Going to New York City is, I live in the mountains, so it's super different. It's like overwhelming. 
and I go from like feeling like I'm one person in like a small town here to like a nobody in New York City. So I love hearing like the difference when people are like, I just love the city. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of weird because I, I grew up with the city right there and I love it so much. But I also am kind of entertaining the idea of what what if I lived somewhere that wasn't as hectic and wasn't as stressful because being in the city, it, like even just walking around, people are just moving so fast and no one has time to have a real conversation with you. It feels like very uh, just difficult to make friends and difficult to navigate um, the city without getting in someone's way. <laughs> right. So I, I've thought about where am I going to live after Buenos Aires? And it seems like I am probably going to try to move to California. Nice. And that's where my girlfriend lives, Roxy. Shout out to Roxy. <laughs> um, she's in San Diego. And I would really, I'm trying to live there like in the next year basically like or less that's my that's my goal ideally by the end of this year i need to figure out what's going on with my job mm -hmm. but yeah that's awesome san diego is so nice oh my god i love san diego i'm actually going there in like five days oh wow so I'm really stoked. yeah nice so what's she do and how do you guys do this long distance like cross continent or over continent relationship well, actually, we met about a little over a year ago, and we weren't even living in the same place. So we met at a design conference, and I don't know, sometimes you just meet somebody, and you can't stop texting them, and you just really don't want to let them go, even if it doesn't seem like very logical. Right. So that's how we met, and then I already knew that I was moving down here at that point. That was going to be shortly after that. And we just said, all right, well, we can choose to pursue this and have an amazing adventure or we can not do that and just wonder what it would have been like. Mm -hmm. So every month or every two months we're, we're meeting up somewhere, whether it's down here in South America or I'm flying up to San Diego or meeting in Mexico. Um, I'm very fortunate that I do a lot of projects in Mexico. So I get to travel with work to Mexico city and then it's a pretty short and cheap flight from there to get to San Diego. Right. But that is that is how we've been doing it, yeah. And then this summer we got some trips planned for uh, for Europe, and we're going to be going to visit her sister in Hawaii, which is going to be awesome. Mm, amazing! That's going to so, be so yeah, just fun. Always looking forward to that next time that we're going to see each other. That's what helps us really get through because you know it's really hard when you when you don't spend time with each other for months on end, and you need to have some kind of deadline. So okay, I'm going to see them this many weeks from now or this many days from now. Yeah, exactly. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's true. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I could never do that. But I think you're right when you said like, you don't want to wonder what if and it's almost like life is better with them than like, wondering what if basically. So that's yeah. Sweet. And I think actually the distance does bring you closer together in a lot of ways, because it makes you appreciate the time that you have together when you are in the same place. And also, the distance will really bring things out of you that you wouldn't normally get in day to day routine. Like maybe they would take years to finally come out, uh, like opening up over the phone and just feeling the insecurities of what it's like to be alone. Like this is getting really deep here, but I feel like that definitely comes out when you're in a long distance relationship and it's, it's better to come out earlier in the relationship than later because what if, you know, you live with this, you live with someone for years and then you go on a trip for a month and they like freak out, you know? Right. It's, it's good. To, it's good to know that we're both able to be independent on our own, and we're stronger when we're together. 
Yeah, I totally feel the same way. And oddly enough, my boyfriend and I actually just last weekend, we took a trip down to Santiago. So we're kind of close oh, to wow. you. Yeah, it was amazing. It was my first time to South America. So I like can't wait to go back and explore it more. That's awesome. Yeah, I was there in December. It's a really cool place. Mm, did you go? Nice. Did you go anywhere else or just Santiago? No, we just we only went for like four days. So it was wow, like a long, really long quick. Flight. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, it was a short birthday trip, and so we we kind of squeezed in the whole city in those four days. And but I think it gave us a great taste for like the next time we'll try to take like either a trip to the desert or to Patagonia or something like that. Uh, but we took a cooking class. We went to all these vineyards and kind of walked around the entire city. So that's that's great. Yeah, if you like if you like the mountains, you have to go to Patagonia. Right. I know. And we're big skiers. So we want to go back down there and check out the ski resorts as well. So it should be, it's a lot to look yeah. forward to. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so what does like a day in your life look like right now? You've got freelance, you've got your own work. What's a typical day? So right now I am full time for WeWork. So that takes up my Monday through Friday from around 10 a.m. till 6.30 or 7 p.m. Um, but outside of that, I live in a neighborhood called Palermo. It's kind of like the Brooklyn of Buenos Aires, I like to call it. <laughs> there's a lot of art and cool cafes. There's, there's actually not that much of that here except for in this area. Okay. Uh, so this is this is like the hip area, and I really like it. Um, so I, I wake up, and I do some, some personal work here or just like some stretching and working out um, in my apartment. I'm kind of recovering from a broken ankle that I had a couple of years ago. So I was doing a lot of stretching, which is an important part of the routine that trying to get better at. Mm -hmm. Then I ride my little electric scooter, which is like a moped, uh, (laughs) Vespa thing that I got a few months ago. It's an Argentina knockoff Vespa, basically. (laughs) Um, I ride that to the center of the city and I work in WeWork, which if anyone's not familiar, it is a company that makes these co-working spaces all around the world, and it's really focused on community and the services that we provide there. So it's not just a space, but you get all these different events happening around, really cool ways to connect with other people that are in the WeWork spaces, not just that co-working space, but around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty inspiring space and inspiring company to be a part of. And it's been about two and a half years now that I've been with them. Um, but at the same time, even though it's a large company, it also feels like I'm on this small little art collective team because my team is, is called the Art and Graphics Team, a.k.a. Lunch Money. And <laughs> it's it started when I joined. It was eight people. Now it's almost 40 people. But basically, it's like we are the graphic designers that only do the art and the installations inside the spaces. So okay. whatever is on the walls, whatever is like the signage or the murals, the wallpapers, that kind of stuff is, is what we focus on. So it's a really great design challenge because we work with the interior designers really closely. So um, I guess as far as my work, we're juggling a ton of projects all the time with different deadlines. We always open up our spaces on the first of the month. So our days are pretty chill towards the beginning of the month and then they get crazier and crazier. <laughs> um, and then once a month, we usually travel somewhere. So I'm, I'm the... Lead, lead graphic designer for Latin America. So we're traveling wow. to different different cities around Latin America. Um, right now, we're focusing on some Sao Paulo projects, Santiago, actually. They're going to be our first one in Santiago in, in uh, September. Oh, nice. Um, Mexico, like I said. We have a couple more places like Colombia and Peru. 
So it's really cool. Like we're doing all this research to find out what kind of art these people would resonate with. So Mm -hmm. we're finding the local stories and the local references and making art based on that for the spaces. Wow, that's so interesting. Uh, So do you have, is there like one art person at each, in each country or at each WeWork space? I wish <laughs> that would be pretty that would be pretty cool if they were all over the world but we have seven cities right now that have a headquarters. Okay. So it's kind of regionalized in that way where there's a headquarters in New York and there's one in San Francisco, there's one here, there's one in London, Singapore, uh Shanghai and maybe one more that I'm forgetting. But yeah, so that's kind of how it works is it's divided into regions. So all of Latin America right now is being handled by this office down here. Soon we're going to have another office in Mexico City. So there's not an artist in every single location, but it's kind of regionalized like that. Okay, gotcha. And do you find that like when you talk to people from different countries, they have like a whole different art perspective? Well, yeah, everybody has their own personal taste. That's for sure. Uh, some, some of the things that I've found to be really interesting while I'm down here are like the history because these countries have a totally different history than the United States. And everybody down here kind of has this dual identity of they feel like they're kind of European, but they're also Native American in a way. Because a lot of these backgrounds of the people down here are mixed from the the Native Americans and the Europeans. Um, so those those cheesy Native American designs that you see all the time in like gift shops, like people actually resonate with that stuff down here. And like those colors, those patterns, like you go to Peru and you'll see those patterns everywhere because that's part of their heritage. Mm. So that's really interesting for me is how can I take that into my work and modernize it and make it palatable? Is that a word? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Palatable for like a modern audience. And as a result of being down here, I've just seen that being put into my work kind of subconsciously, which is really cool. Oh, that is cool. So um, for you, like what's been the biggest change in your work going from, were you just freelancing before this, like doing your own projects? Yeah. Before we work, I was freelancing uh, and then I worked for them in New York for about a year and then I came down here. Okay. And have you found like a change in your artwork going from like working on everything your own to doing way more collaboration? Yeah, definitely. Well, def- there's like always a bigger budget when you're working for a big company. Mm. So that's one thing. So I'm, I'm, the amount of work that I'm putting out there and the scale of it and the materials has all like been better uh, because there's just a bigger budget. And then other than that, I've been doing a lot more illustration and a lot more exploration of different kinds of art and different kinds of materials, even abstract art, something I didn't really used to do. I was really focused on hand lettering before and typography was my jam. And now I just call myself a designer and artist Okay, more general. Nice. So, but you can, you can still recognize my style. I think when you look at my work, there's a lot of stuff that I don't share. Actually, mm-hmm. I, I just don't share it because it doesn't really fall in line with the kind of work I want to do. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's probably the biggest change is like just branching out into different areas of art and then taking it to like larger scale. Nice. So what are some of your favorite tools when you're either creating or designing? Ooh, well, the iPad Pro has been amazing because Ooh. you can just take a photo of a wall and start drawing your mural directly on that, which is great. Like sketch different options. That's so cool. Um, I like other than that, <laughs> Photoshop, Illustrator. I also just like to draw by hand. I have these really cool paint markers, like crink markers. You know, those, those ones that you mm. see with all the drips all the time. Yeah. Um, they're going to be sponsoring that workshop I have next month. And I, they just sent me a bunch of markers. So I've been drawing a lot 
with those, which has been great. That's so fun. I use paint markers a lot, so I'm like a big fan of the paint markers. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like it's like you're able to paint, but you don't have to keep dipping your brush in the paint and clean up the mess afterwards. It's just it's so much nicer. <laughs> right. I agree. I know. So are you totally digital or do you still do a lot of things pencil and paper? I always like to start off with pencil and paper because I feel like I can get my ideas out better and they usually don't look that pretty in the beginning. Um, and then at some point I'll bring them onto my iPad or onto my computer and refine it. So okay. I, I do a lot of, and then what's funny is sometimes I go back to analog at the end. So it's going to be a hand painted mural, I start off analog, finish it digitally and then apply it physically. So, Great. yeah, so I, I'm always flipping back and forth between those things. And I kind of like how you know, you see it on the computer screen, but it's actually not going to look precisely like that. And that's one thing that I learned from my girlfriend, Roxy, actually, is mm-hmm. that when you, you should always have in your contract, if you're doing a freelance project that um, is like a mural or a physical art piece, you should have in there that says, okay, this art piece is not going to look exactly like it does on the screen. It's, it could look up to you know, 20, 30% different just based on the materiality of it. Mm, because right. that way the client can't be like it doesn't look like the mock-up you know but it's yeah. not always going to look exactly like the mock-up yeah that's true that's a really good point and really smart um could you describe your mural process just from like a to z of how it goes from initial uh, initial thought patterns to final thing on the wall okay let's let's see if i can break this down so uh like i was saying i always like to start out with some research of where is this mural going to be the context is super important for me and so um, i'm doing research about the location and the people that are going to see it um and then of course i need to get the dimensions of it um and then I, I sometimes gather some ideas on paper whether that's just writing words down or looking at images to get inspired by and sometimes that's uh, other murals, other illustrations, but sometimes it's just an image of a landscape or maybe a really old car that I want to get inspired by. It depends on the concept, right? Mm-hmm. So I nail down the concept and then I start sketching. Usually if it's a mural, I'll start on my iPad because I can just sketch directly on the elevation of the wall. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do a bunch of iterations, kind of sleep on it and the next day. I'll pick out my favorite ones and start drawing more refined versions of it and then bring it onto the computer if I need to polish up any finished, any, any final details. Okay. Then I'll project, project it onto the wall and trace it out with pencil really lightly and then, and then fill in the shapes. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Nice. I don't do I don't do a lot of like blending of color or photo like photorealistic murals. My work tends to be more graphic and simple in that way, where it's like just solid shapes. So it's pretty easy to apply once you have the mock-up made. You use right. projector and everything. Yeah. Do you what projector do you use to get technical? <laughs> I have this little one called the Artograph Inspire. I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, they, it, it's really small and that's great for traveling, but it's not very bright and you have to have the projector pretty far away from the wall. Mm. So I think the company, the same company, Artograph makes a more expensive model of this and it's much better. But the one that I have was around three or $400 and I definitely like that's, you get what you pay for. Right. So, yeah. um, but it, it works for me. Like as long as there's enough clearance and it's dark enough to project 
Um, I saw that you did an interview with Gemma O'Brien, which is awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I, I took a workshop with her um, in New York about murals and she showed her projector. And so if anyone's listening and they want to get a projector, you want to Google short throw projector. So that way you can have the projector close to the wall and it covers a large area. And she told us all the technical specs of her projector. It was great. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, she was she was great. I just assisted her painting a mural in Google last month. So it was really fun. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. How did you get that? What's that? How did you get to assist her like that? That's awesome. Um, she was just asking for help on Instagram. And she had asked like a year ago for one in Sydney. And I was like, oh, I've never been to Sydney. I'll I'll come help there. And she was like, well, I have some in the States next year. So um, when she... Uh, she said like randomly that she had one actually in New York City and I was going to be in New York City. And um, but then she had went somebody had emailed her or something. Um, so I didn't do that one. But then like the next week um, she had said she needed somebody in San Francisco. And so like this the past two months here in Jackson Hole, it's like the off season. So nothing happens. So I usually do a lot of traveling anyway. And um, like three days beforehand, she was like, could you help me out? And I was like, sure, that sounds great. And I didn't know it was going to be at Google, but um, it happened to be. And so we took a lot advantage of their s- free snacks, their free lattes. Everything was great. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Did you learn some painting tricks from her? Yeah, it was great because a lot of the murals I've done myself, I use the paint markers. And so doing one using all paints and so much detail was like super interesting, I thought, because like, I think a lot of times you see something on paper, at least like a lot of her stuff. And I'm like, how in the world, like, do you even start? And um, so it was super interesting to just kind of do the method with her and see how she goes about it. Yeah, yeah, she's really meticulous about it. Yeah, for sure. And it was good too for me because um, she's, yeah, like you said, meticulous and uh, like every detail mattered when I probably would have been like, "Uh, it's it's all right. But I mean, it's that little precision that makes the difference in the end, I think. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, So do you usually use paint markers when you're doing um, murals or are you using paints mostly? Usually I'd say it's 50-50. Okay. Depends on the design. If there's a linear element to the design that's just like an outline, then it's perfect for paint markers. It would be much harder to do that with a brush. So right. um, I would use a, a paint marker for that. But if it's like these large shapes, then I would probably use brush. Okay, nice. Yeah. And do you have a favorite mural you've done? Hmm, favorite mural that I've done. I just did one in New Orleans about a month ago and it was a collaboration with four of my really good friends and that was at it was at a brewery in new orleans and we all we designed it literally like on the road from a design conference from one (laughs) town in new orleans or sorry one town in louisiana heading over to new orleans we just we each drew up a letter and we spelled out the word cheers and it was just really simple and fun and the brewery basically let us do whatever we want and they had a free beer and, and like crawfish boil, like super Southern food. It was just like a whole experience. It was amazing. Yeah. That's so fun that I think yeah. I just watched it too. You have a, like a time-lapse on your, um, on your website about it, right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. So everybody should check that out. Cause it looks like a really fun day. And was that, was your girlfriend painting on that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So Roxy and her, her business partner's name is Phoebe mm-hmm. and they have a company called Pander Design Co. Um, 
amazing work. They pretty much just focus on murals and and branding as well. They do some other things, but their main thing is murals, and they've they've managed to make a really awesome business out of it. They also have their own podcast. Yeah, they're really awesome. Oh, they're cool. really great. I'll have to check it out. That's so fun. Maybe I'll have to talk to her next. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, do you have a dream project? Like, if you could do something anywhere in the world. Hmm. Dream project. Yeah, I really want to design a basketball court mural, like the whole floor. Ooh. And we're working on one right now with WeWork, but it's like a really small one. And it's more for for like soccer, for football. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really want to do a massive like tennis court or basketball court mural and have it be like, oh, actually, no, I take that back. I want to design a skate park. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to design a skate park and like work with an architect and cover it in mural basically. Yeah. That'd be sweet. I don't think I've ever seen, do they have those now? Is that like I've seen a couple okay. where it's because obviously you go to a skate park, there's graffiti everywhere. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, I mean, I've seen these images online of a whole like really well thought out design of not just the skate park, but the color applied to it, the graphics. Um, but I, I think that's really cool. My brother is actually an engineer and I feel like one day we're going to do this together. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's perfect. Is he still in New, New York? York? Yeah. He's in California right oh. now. He's in LA. Yeah. Yeah. It, the thing about skate parks is it's really hard because there's all the liability and you have to get the land and the um, the city right. has to approve it. So I, I feel like there's a lot of red tape when it comes to skate parks, like exterior, just parks in general. There's so much red tape, mm-hmm. but I think it would be worth it. Yeah. Oh, definitely worth it. It kind of makes it more worth it. Um, has skating influenced your art a lot? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everything influences my art, but skating definitely a lot because I grew up buying these skateboard graphics before I even knew what graphic design was and buying these magazines and um, watching the videos and all that has a a really heavy graphic element to it. And I, you know, I used to be the filmer actually, I would bring around the camera with a big fisheye and film my friends and make little videos from it and photos. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Like I almost went to school for photo or video or photojournalism, but I ended up kind of last minute switching to graphic design because I felt like you could encompass the photo and the video within graphic design as well because you have motion design and you have you can do graphic you know uh, editorial design with photography that kind of stuff and so skateboarding has played a huge role in it and I think if you ask any skateboarder Mm -hmm. out there they have some creative outlet or maybe skateboarding is their creative outlet but I feel like skateboarders in general they have an eye for it for some reason yeah I've found that a lot too with um, snowboarders here, like living in a ski yeah. town. Like lots of them are also artists. It's pretty interesting. I don't know if it's just because when you're doing extreme sports, it feels like you're a bit of an outlier. You're you're doing your own. It's all, it's all expressive. There's no rules. There's no teams, unless you're right. on a snowboarding or a skateboarding team. But there's still no rules, really. You get to make up your own tricks and your own style. And I think the people who gravitate towards those sports just have a really uh, like they have a creative gene in them. That's true. So what do you say to people who like want to get into like skate graphics or extreme sport graphics, something like that? I haven't done a ton of that. Actually. I I usually just paint and draw on skateboards. I've never, I think I've done a couple skate graphics that were mass produced, Okay, but I wouldn't really have advice 
for that. Maybe it's, I feel like it's all about who, you know, obviously you have to have good work and you have to have your portfolio. Um, and again, more obvious advice is just like mock it up in Photoshop. If you don't right. have the budget to actually make a bunch of skateboards, then, then try making one in Photoshop or illustrator to make it look realistic and getting that in front of the people that you know, or your friends who they know. Um, yeah, the industry is kind of difficult to break into and, I've been wondering that same thing myself because I'd love to work with skate companies. Um, when I was younger, like there was, there was this skate shop that I would hang out at all the time and I felt like, okay, I could, I could start working at this skate shop and then get some connections at these companies and then go that route. But I felt like it would be a really long road and really challenging to make any money through that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't to say that I don't love skateboarding. I still skate to this day and I'm like 27 years old. I'll probably, I'll keep skating for, until my body can't take it anymore. <laughs> um, but I felt like I'm coming in back into the industry in kind of a roundabout way. Like I worked for agencies and, and did a lot of branding and now I'm doing more murals and stuff. And I would love to be able to do murals at skate parks or for skate companies mm -hmm. or, and now I'm, I'm teaching this workshop that I mentioned where we're going to be drawing on skateboards. So who knows who will see that and maybe I'll end up getting a project out of it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm not sure if I would have great advice for somebody who wanted to do that professionally, but maybe just start by trying it and seeing if you like it, you know, send it around, get it online, the obvious stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, I mean, almost as much advice as you can get, though. Like, I found it the same way back in, because I went to school for fashion. And so when I would work at these fashion companies, I actually liked the people who got to do the graphics the best because I was like, oh, they get to do all the fun stuff and put all the like art on the stuff. Um and I remember at one point I saw this girl who was designing all the snowboard graphics. And I was like, oh, how'd you do this? Like, how do I was like, I want to do this. Are you a snowboarder? And she's like, yeah. So then my next step was to move to a ski town. So I moved to Vail and then um, worked for a graphic company there. And I feel like that's kind of how it goes. Like, there's not just one like path that gets you to, oh, all of a sudden, like, poof, you're a skateboard, like graphic artist or something. It's just the little things here and there. Like, this workshop is, I mean, you're basically doing it just like kind of on your own terms. Right. Yeah. That workshop's a collaboration with good type. So it's not like I'm doing it all on my own. They're really helping out a lot. Nice. So, but I would love to keep doing these workshops and, and do it on my own. Cause I know good type is going to continue to work with other artists. So people have already started asking, Hey, can you bring this to LA or can you bring this to a different place? And I'd love to, to do it in more places besides Brooklyn. Yeah, um, for, sure. for any yeah for anyone listening, there's still tickets available, and it's uh, yeah, a little plug for myself. It's on July 14th in Brooklyn. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll hook up the link in uh, <laughs> on the episode so we can get people there because I feel like it's a really awesome opportunity. Like if I was there, I would love to come and just like it's like so fun. Yeah, it's like kind of a dream. I wanted to do an art show after it, and where everybody hangs up their skateboards and it turns into a big party. Oh yeah! But the the logistics of it got too crazy because mm. you know what if someone had to leave early? Would they just leave their skateboard there? And also the space that we were renting was kind of expensive. So maybe for the next time, yeah. I had an, I've, I've organized one art show before, and it's always so much fun just getting everyone together. I think that that's basically my mission is like to bring people together through my art and to spread that creativity and that curiosity. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, so that kind of lends like more into being an artist. Like, how do you stay like optimistic day to day? Because it's tough to like do all of your own stuff and keep trucking along and getting new deals and blah blah blah. Yeah, I've had some some 
things happened to me in my past that made me feel really optimistic just about being alive today. So I feel like that's something that stays with me. If you don't, if you haven't had any close calls with uh, an injury or, or a loss or something like that, you know, it's hard to put it in perspective if everything's been really easy mm-hmm. your whole life. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I also know that I'm very privileged to do what I do and to be able to make money from it. So I try to keep that in mind. Um, besides that, um, I just feel like you need to reframe for yourself that the reward of doing the work that you get to do is the work itself. Like you don't like you should have fun doing what you do. And if you don't, something needs to change. Mm-hmm. So if you're not enjoying your work, so keep searching for that thing that will that will light you up. And if you're just working for the paycheck or you're working for that next portfolio piece or that next Instagram post, it's not going to be enough to really carry you through because it's very shallow. So try to find work that makes you feel fulfilled just by doing it. And then you won't have the problem of of feeling pessimistic all the time because you accomplished something that day, even if you didn't get as many likes or as, as much money as you wanted that day. Right. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's actually been a hard thing for me to like enjoy the process more than just the outcome and what it looks like. And I found that actually more people usually like, um, like to be part of that process and they don't just want to see like, poof, here's the end result. Um, so I think that's really important. Yeah, definitely. And then do you ever get in like funk phases, like, or phases where you don't feel very creative and how do you come out of that? Yeah, I just had one the last couple months, and I'm finally out of it now. Nice. Uh, I think it really comes back to taking care of yourself because I wasn't really sleeping mm-hmm. enough, and I was taking on too many projects and a lot of traveling, which is great, but then it, it just wears you out, and when you get back, it's like you need to just sleep for a whole weekend, and then you feel unproductive. So um <laughs> I think just taking care of yourself is one way. Another thing is changing it up. So if you're trying to do the same thing over and over, like maybe you're you're creating a specific kind of art and then you f- start feeling burnt out from it, just try something new. And that could be something related to what you were doing or it could be literally just saying, all right, I'm not going to do my art like I do most nights. I'm going to go cook a, an amazing meal for myself or I'm going to go play this sport that I haven't played in a while just to get my brain into a different headspace. Right. Yeah, I know. I think creativity can be like let out in a lot of different ways. And it doesn't always just have to be like you sitting there staring at a piece of paper trying to like be creative. (laughs) Yeah, skateboarding does wonders for me just getting to go to the skate park Mm. and just do a a totally different kind of creativity. Yeah. So what are you most looking forward to this summer? I'm really looking forward to Hawaii. I've never been and it seems so amazing. And going surfing there, hanging out with my girlfriend, uh, her family. I think that's my favorite, but I'm also going to be going to a music festival in the UK. Uh, It's like WeWork does this every year. It's called WeWork Summer Camp. So that's going to be really fun. I did that last year, and then I'll get some personal traveling in after that. So those two trips are definitely going to be amazing. I I can't wait for that. And then yeah. during those trips, I try not to really work that much. I might do a little bit of drawing here and there if I feel inspired, but I don't want to force myself to paint a mural while I'm in Hawaii just because it would look cool or because it would be cool. If it happens, it happens, but I'm not trying to always hit two birds at one stone. I think I've 
learned that lesson the hard way where I try to hit two birds, one stone or three birds at one stone all the time. And then it ends up diluting the experience for me and for others. And it's just not worth it all the time. So. Right. That's such a good point. I think I do the same thing and that's a really good reminder. Always trying to do a little bit too much. (laughs) Yeah. I think there's ways to do it, right? Like if you're doing a mural, you could also be making a time lapse from it. Like that's not that hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're hitting two words at one stone. But if you're going on a trip that's for vacation and then you're also trying to do a project that's like a professional thing and maybe you're also trying to make a video from it and more, it's just going to be too much. You have to know and be realistic about what you can get done. And sometimes I feel like you just have to fail. You have to go too far and then eventually realize, okay, I'm not going to do that next time. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's it's so true. Um, Okay. Well, where can people find you if they want to find out more about what you're up to? I think I'm most active on Instagram. So on Instagram, I'm F dot. That's E-F-D-O-T. Okay. And my website is f.studio.com. So E-F-D-O-T studio. Cool. All right. Sweet. So I'll link all those up and then we'll have your workshop linked up. Hopefully that gets all filled up. I'm sure it will. That's such a cool thing. Um, And thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much for jumping on here with me and sharing all of this knowledge that you have. I think it's so cool that you've moved continents to explore art and showing people that you can take all of these different routes to um, accomplish the goal of just doing awesome art and bringing people together. So I look forward to what you're doing in the future, bringing all these creative people together. And uh, thanks again for being on here with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Cool. It was fun.